Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 48. This is the single best thing I have done in the last eight or 10 years. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Hi there, I'm Sue, and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick-and-mortar store, sell online, or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, our guest is Vicki Meyer-Adrian. Vicki is the owner of Adrian's Boutique, a retail store in Bueller, Kansas, that has been in business for, are you ready, you guys, 33 years. That is a huge accomplishment. Their current product mix is 50% fashion, 25% gift, and 25% kitchen and gourmet products. But Vicki will tell you that they are really in the people business. Their number one priority is to earn customers' business through exceptional customer service, a well-chosen product mix, and a team that is committed to excellence. Additionally, Vicki is passionate about helping other entrepreneurs reach their next level in creating a successful business using relationship marketing, email marketing, and social media marketing. This is all bundled under a business called Remarkable Retailer, which focuses on B2B relationships through a podcast, weekly periscopes, and individual coaching. Wow, Vicki, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sue. I am a huge fan of yours and was so glad to find you now a couple of months ago, actually, because I just didn't find very many people in the gift industry using Periscope. And that's how I originally found you. And then I became a podcast listener. And I believe I have listened to almost every single one. And so I've been so impressed with you. And I just feel like uh, we have a lot in common, actually. Well, thank you, first of all, for those wonderful comments. And you're right, I think we do have a lot in common. And we certainly share the same space in terms of our customers and those that we're working with. Absolutely. So I'm just going to dive right in because we have just so, so much to talk about. As our listeners know, the way I like to start each conversation is aligning it around the life of a motivational candle. So the light shines on you, Vicki, while you open up and talk to us and share with us all of your experience and expertise. Are you ready to light it up? Absolutely. I was born ready. You were born (laughs) ready. All right. (laughs) So let's talk about your motivational candle. If you were to pick one and just create your very own, what color would it be and what quote would be on that candle? Well, you know, I don't have to go very far from my office here to find a candle because I have a gift store. And so the color of my inspirational candle, would there would be no question. It would be in the coastal or beach tones of aqua blue because like the ocean, being in business can be calming or refreshing. And at times it can be very challenging and invigorating. And so that would be the color of my inspirational candle. Probably be fragranced with the ocean theme, too. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So, and then as for a quote, I have a quote that I absolutely love, and it is called, Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. This quote is attributed to a Roman philosopher, Seneca, and it reminds us that we make our own luck, that the difference between lucky and unlucky people is all in our 
perspective. And so I feel like you just have to prepare to be lucky. And that's what I try to spend my business week doing. I prepare to be lucky week by week in our local business. I love that because a lot of people will see someone who's successful and say, oh, well, they just were lucky. Luck just happened to fall upon them. But we have to put ourselves in luck's path, too. You (laughs) you can't sit behind a door and say, okay, luck come to me. You have to be out there. So you're crossing that path when the opportunities come about. Absolutely. I totally agree. Okay, so in our pre-conversation, Vicki, we talked about how we're going to handle this, and there is a lot to what you are doing. So I thought what we'd first do is talk about Adrian's Boutique and the evolution of that business. And then later, I want to jump over to the Remarkable Retailer. So we're kind of going to cut it into two places so we can get all of your information (laughs) available for our (laughs) listeners, okay? So let's start back in the whole world of retail. And I know your story begins before Adrian's Boutique. So I'm going to let you take it away in terms of how you got into and were exposed to the whole business environment. Well, I would say, like so many of your listeners, that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I never set out to run a business in a very small town and to do that for over 33 years. This would never have worked had we done our research and written a business plan ever. I started out way back in the early 80s when the country blue and peach, it was the little wooden country duck era, if you remember that. My mother-in-law had a small card and antiques shop where I was able to sell my creations. And at that time, I was cross-stitching and I was doing toll painting and making t-shirt, embellished t-shirts and all of that kind of thing. I loved helping her and being in the store. And after just a couple of months, I made my first trip to market and I started bringing in products to supplement what I could make. And just to make a long story short, my husband and I purchased a building across the street from our original location in about 1985. We completely gutted it. And I mean, down to only the brick on the front and the sides of the building. And we added on to it. So now we are a half a block deep. We wondered how we would ever fill this store. And if you see pictures of our store on our Facebook page, you'll notice that we were able to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And we started filling it with beautiful products that people liked. All along that way, we were creating relationships with our customers and building a client base just one by one by one. So the rest is history. We're an overnight success, only 33 years in the making. (laughs) (laughs) So... If you had any advice for somebody, now I know, so it's been a long, long time since you started the store, and clearly there's evolution of the business, like you're saying. But if anyone's listening now who's looking at starting in a retail space, are there any words of wisdom that you would give them? Absolutely. I would say from the moment your front door opens, and in fact, before your front door opens, you need to be building a client base. And with today's social media, six months before you open, four months before you open, you should have a Facebook page out there that you are teasing your customers with, your future customers with. I will tell you that back in the day, we started collecting names and addresses on a legal pad typing it in on our 
trusty Selectric, IBM Selectric typewriter and printing off labels. And we started mailing our clients thank you cards, postcards, invitations to events from the very, very beginning. And so today's entrepreneur has so many more tools available to them than we did in the beginning. And I think it's a great time if you're willing to do the work, a great time to start a business. That's a great idea because you could also, especially with social media right now, have them participate in the startup of the business. Even if you're building out the store, like let's say you have your space and you've still got to get product, maybe you have to remodel the whole inside. You could do behind the scene photos of how the store is coming together and be sending that off to people who have opted into the list. You know, should we paint this cabinet white or cream or black or, you know, whatever, and have them really become part of the shop before it even opens. Absolutely. We actually worked with a couple of retailers, our future retailers from Colorado that drove out here to observe our store and how it ran for a day. And we sent them back with some really good ideas of things they could implement immediately. Like the day that their store opened, they already had a client base to help support them. Really valuable information because when you start up a new business, particularly retail, because you have that extra cost of the rent, you need to be making money right away. I mean, it just eases the path as you continue on adding more inventory and getting the name out. So getting that jump start, I could see could be so valuable. That's great information, Vicki. Thank you. Is there anything else you would talk about in terms of new startup, maybe something that you've learned in terms of setup inside the store or processes, anything else along those lines? Well, I would say that as you're setting up your store, one of the mistakes we made in the very beginning was we put our cash wrap on the wrong side of the store. And when you walk into stores, you are going to notice as you walk in the front door, your cash wrap should be probably on the left, unless your building is just an, a unique shape. Sometimes it's in the center. One thing that we really did wrong at the beginning is we tried to put our cash wrap on the right. People walk in the door, they move to the right. If that's where your checkout area is, they're not shopping there. And it kind of stops them from shopping. And someone gave us a great piece of advice. They walked in another store and walked into our store and said, get that cash wrap moved. (laughs) We did that. And it's been on the left side ever since. And it, it definitely works that way. So it's on the left side and in the front still. Yes, Yeah. I've heard even when you go to conferences, natural human flow when you walk into the door is to proceed to the right. So that just falls in line with exactly what you're saying. Yes. And of course, this is not true for every single business out there, but it is true for a lot of businesses. And as you go looking around and shopping in retail stores, you're going to find people that are doing it really well. Definitely follow this rule. So gift biz listeners, if you are starting and you have a physical presence either have someone walk the shop, kind of like how Vicky talked about someone came in and mentioned it from their perspective, but walk the shop even as a customer would do. So you can experience in the mindset of your customer, is it comfortable? Is there good visibility of your different products? Is the way you place your product within the shop confusing or is it broken out into different categories so people who are coming in for something specific know exactly where to go? All those types of things in terms of a customer experience in a shop will bring people back. If people walk in and it's confusing to them or it's hard to understand, they can't find the product or they don't know where to check out, that could be a reason why people don't come back. So you want to look at that beforehand and 
obviously you can always adjust on the fly. So something definitely to consider. Yes, you definitely can. And we change our setup all the time. I mean, we're always moving things around and giving things a fresh look, of course. Mm -hmm, Because you want people to come in and possibly see something that might have been on the floor the last time they were there. They just didn't see it because they didn't walk into that section or they weren't in need of it, whatever. Absolutely. How often do you change up the floor? It's really in constant flux, Sue. Okay. Um, Just seasonally, of course. But just throughout the year, we're changing displays all the time. I mean, it's something we have a a girl that really specializes in doing our displays and decorating, and she works three days a week. So every week she is here doing something fresh. Some of our friends up in Michigan have a great plan that we've used called Move It Monday. And on Mondays, every mannequin in their store gets changed with a new outfit, new jewelry. Uh, The rest of the store also gets changed. And so it's a way to just freshen things up, wake things up, and redo things after the weekend. But I love that he called it Move It Mondays because it's easy to remember. And we think, oh, it's Monday. It's Move It Monday. We need to go. do. Yeah. We need to do some things. And traffic is normally lighter on Mondays anyway. Exactly. And the weekends were crazy. So just like you said, <laughs> clean it all up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. After the rush and hopefully a good sales weekend. <laughs> yes, that's what we love. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk a little bit about something that maybe didn't go as well for you. It's so easy when you're a successful business owner just to talk about all those great things that have happened, all the successes, but we learn best when there's something that was challenging. It didn't work well. So if you could tell us a story about something like that, and then what you were able to do to overcome the situation. One of our biggest challenges has always been a geographical one. I actually grew up in Los Angeles, which has quite a bit of population in case you hadn't noticed. And I married a young man and moved to Kansas. And the population of our entire county is only 64,000 people. Our closest big city is Wichita, which is about 50 miles away. So we have to be just laser focused on our marketing to get people in. So they plan an afternoon, they get in their car, and they have to drive here. So our challenge is just ongoing. Our number one goal here is to create long-term relationships with our clients. For us, it's a non-negotiable standard for our staff members to ask every single client for their contact information, including their name, their physical address, their email address, and all of that, which we keep updated in our client base. I feel like my most valuable asset in my store is not the building and not the product. It is our client list. So we simply cannot have a long-term relationship with our clients unless we're staying in touch with them. So if you compare that to dating, you couldn't date someone more than one time without getting their phone number. And so the same holds true for small businesses. What most businesses would spend in higher dollar rent, we pay in advertising. So we use traditional forms of media such as television. We do a seven-minute radio show every week. We do newspaper ads. We do several catalogs every year. Uh, We do postcards. And of course, we have all sorts of digital media marketing as well. And so what we believe in is just that consistency of weekly emails, multiple daily Facebook posts. And we also use things like Instagram and Pinterest. What portion of your overall sales are call-in or online sales versus walk-in? Most of our sales are 
walk-in. Although we are working on building a more interactive internet site so people can shop online. We have a small presence online, but that is a place that we are working on to build our business. But right now it is still walk-in. It's just that they have to make a plan. They have to drive here and plan to come to the store. They don't just drive by. Right. Not on a highway or anything. So So since you're more remote, I mean, you're definitely a destination location. So you're using the social media just to keep yourself top of mind to show people what new products you're getting in or to remind them of the reason they need to come and shop. And it sounds like just by the way you're describing the area, people are used to getting in the car and driving quite a few miles to get different places. Yes, they definitely are. That's just part of living in rural America. Right. Um, but it is a challenge. I, I would say that is our biggest challenge on a daily, weekly basis. It is getting people to make that choice to come here. I can tell you that online purchasing is huge in the rural areas because you might have to drive 30 miles to go get something. And so it's much easier for them to just do it online. And so what we have to offer is a wonderful shopping experience. It has to be over the top every single visit, every time that door opens. To make it worth their while to come in. Yes. And it sounds like then online, you've already identified as an area of opportunity for you guys. Absolutely. What type of promotion or what type of events are you finding bring in the most people? Well, we do a lot of promotions. We do a lot of in-store events and we do a lot of events outside the walls of our store. I feel like we are in the entertainment business as retailers. And whether you're a salon owner or a banker or an insurance agent, you are in the entertainment business. Banks around here take groups of people on bus tours. Insurance agents take people to ball games. I mean, we are in the entertainment business. So we hold spring, fall, holiday open houses. We host a Tahitian beach party every June. We have trunk shows, fashion shows, brunches, lunches, dinners. We host groups in our store, such as PEO groups, sorority groups, Bible study groups, family reunion groups. And we make an effort to serve very good food and drinks. We try to capture their email address and tell them we will email out all the recipes for everything was served. And that just gives us one more chance to give value to our customers that are coming in. A specific promotion that we've done that a lot of your retailers could do is we have found a very reasonably priced collapsible market basket or a tote. And we sell them at a very low cost, like $5.99 or $6.99, and then let people fill them up and have 20% off whatever they can fit in their basket. And we consider this as a win-win promotion. We hand the baskets to the people as they walk in the door. We tie a little card on the side telling them what the promotion is, and they can use that basket to shop. And then at the end, they can either choose to buy it and get 20% off, or they can choose to not buy it and not get the discount, but they still had fun shopping with it. Another promotion that we've done is similar in that we've had a custom bag printed that we call our Tote Bag Tuesday Bag. And this idea came from our friend Carol Keplinger up in Overland Park, Kansas. And she's done this successfully. I think this is either her eighth or ninth year. It's a cute bag and we reprint it every year. So it's always fresh and new. There's a cart, a bottom in it that says um, you get $5 off a purchase of $35. $10 off of a purchase of 60 
or $20 off a purchase of $100 or more. And this Tuesdays are generally a slower day in our store. And this brings ladies in. Plus, these bags are very cute. So you see them at the grocery store, you just see them out and about in the community. Customers can earn a tote with a purchase of $50. And the other way we use that is we let them use these totes every time we have a fifth Saturday in a month. So those that can't necessarily come on Tuesdays get a chance to come in and get that discount every time there's a fifth Saturday, which is usually about four times a year. Mm -hmm. So that's been a great promotion for us that I think some of your listeners can easily implement. Both very creative, too. I have to jump in and tell you a funny story. Back in my (laughs) consulting days, I was working with a business that was more of a home improvement company. And they did something a little bit similar in terms of what you do with the tote, but they were using a brown bag. And anything that you could put in the brown bag when you got to the register was X percent off. Let's call it 20, okay? There was a customer who came into the store and... If they were bigger items, they had paper tags with the price on the shelf next to it. (laughs) This one guy put in one of the pieces of paper for a whole garage door (laughs) and came up to the the checkout and expected to be able to get 20% off the garage door, including installation. (laughs) Not sure if you could have done that one either. Oh my gosh, that was a little bit challenging for them to work through, but it's a funny story. Great story. Yeah, you just never know what comes (laughs) up. But thank you for sharing. I really liked those promotions because they're very creative. The other thing, Gift Biz listeners, did you hear Vicky mentioning when she had an event and then she gets an email and she sends out the recipes that they had prepared for the event? That's a great way because it's connected to the event, but who doesn't want new recipes, right? So not only are they collecting the emails because people are catching on that, you know, we want emails because we want to be able to communicate with you back and forth. And people are getting so many emails, but providing something that's really valuable, such as those recipes, is a great way for people to feel really good about sharing their email with you. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> well, and, and Sue, I know you that part of your focus is to work with bakers and gift businesses. And one thing that I just feel is so, so important is to be a receiver of those recipes as well. And we constantly ask our customers to share a favorite family recipe. And a couple of years ago, we even printed a 500-page cookbook. And we have a library of about 700 recipes online that we can always link to. But we're constantly looking for new ones from our customers so that we can highlight their name in our emails each week. So it's not just recipes from mixes that we're selling. We try to get away from just promoting what we're selling. And we try to promote our customers One of the ladies in our community, for instance, has won so many blue ribbons at the Kansas State Fair, you could not even count them. She could probably wallpaper a room in her home with them. We have put out several of her blue ribbon winning pie recipes on our emails. And so we're always trying to provide value for our customers for opening our emails. You're also building a real community, connecting your customers with each other. 
So you're starting to build this community that was created under the umbrella of Adrian's Boutique. Absolutely. And so we've been doing that since the beginning. We find that relationship marketing is the only way that we're able to stay in business is building these long term, non salesy type of relationships with our customers. You know, another thing that we do that maybe some of your listeners don't do and is one of the best things that we do is we play videos throughout our store to sell products. And I will tell you that for 2015, seven out of 10 of our best-selling SKUs were supported with a video playing all day, every day in our store. And there is a reason that Bass Pro has a video playing on the end of almost every aisle selling fishing lures. Many of our vendors and many of your vendors will have a video or will even make one for you to promote their products. So think of how many times you've been at market walking down an aisle and you'll be stopped by a video playing in a booth. Those videos are usually available to retailers as well if you just ask for it. And then something else we do is we link those videos to our Facebook page on a very regular basis. You know, customers love to be entertained while they're in your store and the video definitely does that. Just to give you a little bit more, I love math and I've done some math on this. Even figuring the cost of a TV, it costs you about 22 cents an hour to have a full-time salesperson on your TV selling a product all day, every day. That's including the cost of the TV. So I would say if you're listening and you're a vendor or you're a product developer, make those videos available and make it easy for retailers to get those from you. Oh my gosh, that is more than just one other tip. Those are fabulous tips. I really like them. And they're all in-store specific, which is spectacular. And the thing about the videos too is how many people are really doing that. So if you're a smaller shop, there may be another shop right in your community that's doing the same thing, but they don't have video. You know, and then by you bringing that in, you're changing up the whole customer experience from someone when they're coming in your shop. Absolutely. And I'll just give you a specific example for this. So we have a company called Goldcrest Distributing, and they're from Mexico, Missouri. And I happened to be wandering the garden floor at the Atlanta market, and they were playing a funny video of a squirrel, a bungee jumping squirrel feeder. I bought it. I bought maybe 18 or so of these little bungee jumping squirrel feeders. Now, granted, you read what our store is. We're fashion. We're very chicky. We're not a garden center. But I will tell you that they have made it very easy for us to sell over 2,000 of these bungee jumping squirrel feeders in our (laughs) ladies' boutique. That is $29,000, more than $29,000 at this point for a product that doesn't fit our store's demographic. It doesn't fit our mix. But yet this video plays all day, every day. It's all the way in the back of our store. And so that's just one example of using a DVD to sell product that maybe is a little out there on the edge for you. But it's certainly been profitable for us for now a couple of years. I've got to find out about that. That sounds very curious. I'm not going to take the time now, but I'm really interested in what that's all about. (laughs) So we'll let everybody kind of figure that out on their own. But I think the other thing from your story is because you know your your customer so well, that even though 
that product is outside of the range of what you normally carry, it is something that you already knew your customer would be interested in. Well, it entertained me at market and I thought, what the heck, I'm going to give that a try. And it just continues to sell. And they have been great. I mean, they always make sure that I have an extra DVD just in case something goes wrong with mine. (laughs) They don't want it not playing even one day in our store. (laughs) Very interesting. All right. So I'm going to jump back a little bit because about two or three minutes ago, we were talking about relationship marketing and how important that is. And that is really the basis behind Remarkable Retailer. So I think this could be a good place, Vicki, for you to bring that up and talk a little bit about what that is all about. Sure. I love to talk about that. I'm going to kind of start it off by talking about a mastermind group, which I think is kind of for both the retailer and what I'm doing is the Remarkable Retailer website. I believe in mastermind groups, and I know you had asked me the question, what are some of the most important things that we've done to be successful and to stay successful? And so this is my number one suggestion, and that is to form a mastermind group. And I will tell you, I would have been out of business years ago if it would not have been that I became a part of several larger buying groups. Some have hundreds of owners in them. Then I helped form a smaller group of about 40 stores in it. Then we niched it down to a mastermind group of about 17 people, which represent 14 stores. I am in constant contact with and share product ideas. We work through business challenges together. We meet in person at markets and several times throughout the year with these people. In today's economy, with the market that is just changing so fast, You need more eyeballs out there looking for products, recommending products, sharing marketing ideas. There's just no need to be a Lone Ranger in business anymore. Our buying groups are amazing and uh, we get exceptional value from these groups, but our mastermind group is where the gold is. I formally started this group about four years ago, although several of us in the group had already been working together on a little more informal basis. So each member of the group has been handpicked because of their different knowledge, skills, and just all the differences that they have. We feel like it's the differences in us that make our group so powerful. The age range of the store owners in our group range from 27 to 65, with every decade represented in between. And this alone helps keeps us on our toes because, you know, 20 and 30 year olds think completely different than those of us who are more seasoned in retail. So some are single stores, some have multiple locations, some were chosen because they're extremely knowledgeable about finance, or they're extremely knowledgeable about marketing, or they're great at displays. Some are really involved in their communities and have brought great ideas to the group about being involved in the community. We've got one that does a super job with HR. And so this in itself has been fabulous. We have a private face group that is for owners only, and it is filled with lively conversation on a daily basis. We insist on participation from every single member. And of course, there's a financial and a time investment that's required every year. We hold a two-day in-person summit each year where each person is expected to do a well-researched presentation on a specific topic. And we have a, a different theme each year. So some subjects that we've tackled have been finance, heritage, and passing down a family business, 
preparing for emergencies, using social media such as Instagram and Pinterest, strategies and systems that you can put in place, pricing for profit. That was an excellent one that we had last year. The DISC profile and hiring the right team. And a great one too was design and layout for catalogs and print media. So how to lay out your newspaper ads, how to lay out a brochure, how to lay out a catalog. So there's just been all kinds of wealth of knowledge that has come out of this group. And you attest that this is the single biggest thing that you've done for your business, just to stay in business and to grow. This is the single best thing I have done in the last eight or 10 years is to reach out and become part of these communities of retailers. Because let's face it, your family, unless they're involved in the business, they're not speaking your language. Your friends that you go out to dinner with don't want to hear how many boot socks you sold. They are not interested (laughs) in that. And so it's so refreshing to have a group of people that are right on your same page and that are also pushing you to grow, to get to the next level in business and just the professionalism that's provided in these groups. Absolutely. And you guys, when you're listening, this does not mean that you, if you're not already part of a group, that you can't create one yourself. You can go right in your own community and it doesn't have to be how Vicky's is. It sounds like Vicky's, they're all retailers. They're all in the same area in terms of business in the same industry. But you can go right in your own community. If there are people that you admire, that you know have knowledge that you don't have, you can form your own groups, even as small as four to six people. The idea is that everyone brings in a different skill set. So everyone gets value because everyone gets strengthened by the knowledge that each other has. And my only advice would be to really select your people very carefully because you get to a point where you really trust people. You share numbers, you share challenges, all different types of things. But these type of masterminds are invaluable and you can set one up for yourself today. Yes, absolutely. You can do this today. You can start with two or three people. One reason ours works so well is we're retailers from all over the country. None of us are competing. Like you said, we share our numbers. We share everything in this group. And it is so important that you hand choose those people. And again, we want to have a long-term relationship with these people as well. Interestingly enough, I have my mastermind group meeting tonight. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's go through now and let's talk Remarkable Retailer. Okay. Well, for many years, I've worked with retailers from around the country, just helping them grow and expand their business. Like we've talked about relationship marketing and just to help them work through other challenges that they face as business owners. And so about two years ago, I decided to get out of my comfort zone and put a name to the B2B side of me that just kept growing by itself. I called it Remarkable Retailers because we're all on that quest for remarkable. We want to stand out from the crowd. We want to be remarkable. And I wanted people that were on that journey, that had that end goal in sight, to come along on the journey with me. People have said that I'm naturally gifted in becoming a connector of people. And I think that's true. I think I've been doing this since junior high. (laughs) So I love to introduce business owners to other people that I think will be mutually beneficial. You know, this has been a way to form groups of like-minded entrepreneurs that are willing to give and take ideas from each other. And it is so awesome. I just love it. 
So I got an opportunity from TJ Reed, who is the owner of the Fashion Advantage Specialty Retailer Magazine. She asked me to start writing articles on small business in her magazine about a little over a year ago. Last summer, she was struggling with some health issues. She called and asked me to prepare and give an hour-long workshop at her live event at the Win Show, which is a fashion market out in Las Vegas. So that was the first time that I actually got up and did a live presentation for a group of people that I did not know. Now, of course, I've been doing this with our mastermind group for a couple of years before that. But these were people I really did not know. And it was a great way to connect with some other retailers. And I just loved it. So I came away from that. I had started the Remarkable Retailer podcast. I love the speaking part, but but the uh, technical part doesn't come as easy for me. (laughs) As uh, Sue and I have discussed earlier, she's a rock star techie, but I am a wannabe rock star techie. Um, (laughs) With experience, you just learn it. (laughs) So, but you know, a very natural fit came when Periscope arrived on the scene and I started Periscope scoping last August. And I am on I think I've done my 130th episode. And so I feel like a teacher. I teach on Periscope live every morning about 815 central time. And the topics just generally go to whatever I am needing to learn myself. So I'm always preaching to myself. So you can always tell what challenges I'm going through at that time. Um, (laughs) What was your topic this morning? um, My topic this morning was email marketing because it's so important and I hear so many excuses as to why retailers are not getting that email out the door. It's so important. There is no better use of your time than getting people in the front door of your store. What's the handle for your Periscope? It's Remarkable Retailer. So we've just got this little audience of listeners and they are from all kinds of businesses. So they're not all retailers, but we've got salon owners and some restaurants. We even have a bug exterminator guy that keeps joining us and he's awesome. So you know, (laughs) back to the beginning, we said we are in the people business. No matter what you're selling, you're in the people business. It's been interesting. It's been good. And it's been challenging for me. If you don't do an episode every day, you fall off the face of the earth. And so it's been very good for me to be disciplined and be preparing for my periscopes every single day. It's been a good challenge. And I have absolutely loved it. Wonderful. All right, Gift Biz listeners, all of you, if you are in the retail business or you think that there's other information, as Vicki has been sharing throughout this whole interview, that you want to hear more of, 815 Central Time, Periscope at Remarkable Retailer. Be there. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to move on now into our reflection section. This is a look at you and what's helped you with your success along the way. So what natural trait do you have, Vicki, that you think has helped you to be successful this whole time? I would say it's because my parents taught me to be a lifelong learner. I try to invest time into learning something new every single day. The other thing is I'm a talker, as you can tell, and I'm naturally able to strike up a conversation with just about anyone on the planet. And one of my sisters says it best. She says, Vicki can blah, blah, blah with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's so important for camaraderie, especially in a retail shop. It is. You know, making people feel welcome and comfortable and that they're special and valued for being in your home. It's like welcoming someone into your home. It is. And I love to find out where people are from, what they do, what things they like to do, where they've traveled, you name it. I can find all of that. (laughs) All right. And what tool do you use regularly to keep productive or to create some type of balance in your life? Well, so I love tech and I'm a total Apple girl and I love my MacBook Pro. I love my iPad, my iPhone, and some of my best productivity apps are Evernote, Dropbox, Wonderlist. I love Audible, which I know you promote, and I am such a huge fan of Audible. And my Google Calendar and my task list that I use on Google. But my friend Connie from Texas just introduced me to an app that I think a lot of your listeners will love. It's called Flipagram. And it is a super easy way to make slideshows with music from your phone. We've done store tours with this little app, and it has been awesome. So I think that's something, and it's flip a gram. Wonderful. We'll have to check that out for sure. And what book have you read lately that you think our listeners would find value in? Well, I love The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, which I've read twice. I've listened to it on Audible several times, and I feel like it is a must-read for every entrepreneur. And then I love The Customer Rules by Lee Cockerell and all of his other books as well. He's the former EVP of Walt Disney World, and he's fabulous. And as you had referenced a little bit earlier, Vicki, as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease, just like The E-Myth and Customer Rules. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get an audiobook for free. All you have to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. Okay, dun, dun, dun. We are moving into my favorite part of the interview. <laughs> you haven't provided enough value already, Vicki. We're going to go and see what you are hoping for for the future. This is our Dare to Dream question. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. This is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift from all of us and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? (laughs) Well, this is such a great question, and I love to hear what everyone says. My box, this beautiful box, would contain the keys to a small home in the country because I don't want it to take care of a big home. But it would have a large guest house where I could host gatherings of small business owners from around the country. And what we would do there is to have great speakers, offer workshops, and have a place to get away from the craziness of running a business for a few days. I love that. (laughs) It would also have a recording studio with super high-speed internet, as us country girls out here struggle with reliable internet. So I could podcast and periscope with inspiration and encouragement to other business owners from around the country. So that would be my wish and my dream. All right. And let me guess, there's going to be someone managing all the tech for you there, too. (laughs) Absolutely. I love this. And and once you do have that country home, I want to be invited. (laughs) Absolutely. You can be a guest speaker, Sue. That would be fabulous. Wonderful. (laughs) Let's start winding down now. How can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to learn more, number one, about Adrian's Boutique, but also if they want to become involved with Remarkable Retailer? 
Well, of course, they can find me through email, vicky at adriansboutique.com. They can go on our Facebook page. We all run under the same thing. Our website is adriansboutique.com. Our Facebook is Adrian's Boutique. And then over on the Remarkable Retailer side, it's just vicky, V-I-C-K-I, at remarkableretailer.com. They can find us on Periscope, on Facebook, on Twitter, anyway. And I'll even give you my phone number here. So it is 620-543-6488. I'm always trying to get my 20,000 words in every day. And I love to talk shop. And so feel free to give me a call. If I'm not available, I will call you back just as soon as I possibly can. It sounds like there is no excuse. If someone wants to get in touch with you, they should be able to find you somewhere with all of that. I think they can. And they can see all of our previous episodes of our Periscopes at Vimeo.com slash Vicki Adrian. So we've thrown a lot of links and phone numbers and social media sites at all of you. But remember, you can just jump over to the show notes page and I'll have all of that detailed for you. So you'll be able to get in touch with Vicki if you'd like to in any manner that you wish. Okay, Vicki, we just have to talk about one more thing. And I have intentionally had the podcast go live, your specific podcast go live this week, because I believe you have something to share with us. <laughs> well, we were just Adrian's Boutique, our retail store was just honored with our county's Chamber of Commerce's Reno County Small Business of the Year Award 2016. And It just makes me so incredibly proud of our team of ladies who they just bring their best skills and talents to work with them every single day. And I'm honored to work with them and just all the people in our community that have supported us all of these years. So that was actually very exciting for us to win the Small Business of the Year Award. We had to keep it secret until after the 29th of February. Well, that is so exciting. I bet you had a huge celebration and (laughs) congratulations. I can say that on behalf of myself as I'm sure all the listeners too. Wish you congratulations and much continued success. And you're going to broadcast that all over now, I bet. (laughs) As well, you should. Yes, we will. (laughs) All right, then. Thank you so much. Vicki, oh my gosh, you have provided so much good information. We've talked a little longer than we normally do, so I hope that's all right for you with your schedule today. But I really, really appreciate your sharing all of these, not only your expertise, but some really great, great examples that everybody could take back, tweak to make it work for them, and use right away. And that is really, really so helpful and really what we're trying to accomplish with this podcast. So thank you so so much. Absolutely. As we close off, I know that I am joined by all my guests wishing that your candle always burns bright. Thank you so much, Sue. I have loved being a part of this. Learn how to work smarter while developing and growing your business. Download our guide called 25 Free Tools to Enhance Your Business and Life. It's our gift to you and available at giftbizunwrap.com slash tools. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Hi, all my Gift Biz peeps. I'm always looking for new guests for the show. So if you know somebody who has had an interesting journey in terms of how they've identified the business they went into or has been really, really successful with a business that's been established for a while, I would love to know about it. And guess what? It might even be you. 
The way to let me know is to jump over onto my Instagram account at giftbizgal. Pick a picture that you like and then comment on that photo with the handle of the person that you think I should consider. Again, go over to my Instagram account at giftbizgal, comment on a picture with the information, and we can all look forward to hearing about the exciting experiences, journeys, and expertise of our peers here on Gift Biz Unwrapped. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information.